want to enter into today's message. I'm going to be operating out of Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 50. If you will stand with me for the reading of the word. Now it says, Now they came to Jericho, as he went out of Jericho with his disciples, and a great multitude, blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I'm going to say it again. He cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet. But watch this. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Now watch this. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise. He, Jesus, is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, I'm going to ask you this question a little bit later. Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? Wow. Let me do a, a little pause here. If Jesus came to you right now, wherever you are in your life, and he said simply, what can I do for you? What would your answer be? Now watch what he says. He says, the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we come to you today. I ask that every saint in this house would hear this word, but not just hear it with their ears of natural, but hear it with the supernatural ears and see with the supernatural eyes, not just the natural. Father, for this word is for this house today. For every last one of us need to hear this word today because there's very great power in three words that I'm going to give them today. So, Father, we ask that you bless this word, that it goes out and it doesn't come back void. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Before I get into today's message, I want to honor all the fallen veterans of this great country of ours. Are there any veterans in the house today? Can you stand, please? Let's give them a hand, please. You know, sometimes we take this day for granted. We barbecue, we go to the park, we do all the wonderful things, but there lies the man who lost his life in battle. 
for you and I. And I will tell you, if you ever get a chance, ever get a chance, and you're in Washington, D.C., do yourself a favor and stop by and witness for yourself the tomb of the unknown soldier. I have never been so impressed by the dedication of these men and women who guard that tomb. Uh, my wife and I were reading recently that uh, there was a, 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 a hurricane coming, or a tornado, if you will, and one of the senators took the, some time off, and it was the one time that he offered for the men of service to that tomb to take the day off or the period off. You know what they said to him? No, sir, we will not. They said, we will stand here through the test of time because this assignment is way too important for us to take off because a tornado is coming. Now, when you read up, Google it, and read up on what these young men, and I do believe women, has to go through to become a guard of the tomb of the unknown soldier. But let me talk to you about Memorial Day. We honor every human being that has fought for our country. But we also have to remember that there's another tomb that's empty. Come on now. There's another tomb that is the reason that those guys are in that tomb, whoever that might be, because of the almighty soldier of all. And that is our soldier, Jesus Christ. Just give him a hand this morning. I can put up all the memorials around the country and I honor them to the bottom of my heart. But there's one memorial that all I have to do is put it up and you'll understand those who believe and that's the cross. Because everything, everything is equal at the cross. Am I right? Amen. Now let's take a closer look at that scripture that I just read. There's three words I want to share with you today. Three important words in this message today. The first one is faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, it defines faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now that's the biblical definition of faith. Number two, expectations. The dictionary description of this word is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. That's expectations. The third word I want you to get this, is momentum. The dictionary described momentum as the strength or force that something has when it's moving. 
forward movement. Let's talk about the blind man, blind Barnabas. What we have to understand is that blind Barnabas, he was blind by natural sight. But I need you to understand something. That blind Bartimaeus may not have been able to see with his natural eyes, but blind Bartimaeus saw more than many people give him credit for. See, blind Bartimaeus was blind at birth. Now somebody at some time probably said to him, you're blind? You're never going to be able to work. You're never going to be good at anything. And so what Blind Bartimaeus probably did was he kind of resolved to the fact that he's not part of the norm. See, back in the day, they didn't have the doctors that we have today where you can go and if you catch it early enough, you may be able to save your sight. So he just figured, well, if I can't work, and I don't fit in with everyone else, then I'm just going to have to do the best I can, and I'm just going to have to sit by the wayside and beg for alms. I got to, because I, I can't see, I'm going to use that as an excuse, and I'm not going to work. I'm just going to sit on the side of the road day after day, month after month, year after year, and just beg for somebody to give me a little something. Are y'all with me? Now here's the thing. But see, somewhere down the line, Brian Bartimaeus knew something. See, somewhere he had an encounter with someone who told him about the Messiah, the Waymaker, the healer. Somebody told him something because he knew that probably one day, I don't know how, but I'm going to receive my sight. See, his expectations from the day he was born was that as he got a little older, I, one day I'm going to get my sight. And then when he heard about this Jesus, I don't know if he saw Jesus do some miracles or if somebody gave him the word of Jesus but somewhere back in the back of his mind he said mm, one day don't know how or when but I'm going to get my sight now watch this now here's blind Bartimaeus who has resolved himself to the fact that I cannot see and he resolved himself to the fact that I'm just going to sit on the edge of the roadway and I'm going to beg. But this day, the day that Jesus came through that place, changed his life forever. But let me tell you something. It wasn't just the fact that it was Jesus coming through that place that day that changed his life. It was his faith. Blind Bartimaeus had a high expectation.
to receive his sight. He had, he had an expectation that caused him to be, to gain some momentum. Are y'all with me? See, see, <laughs> faith, expectations, and momentum is a very powerful three things that work together. Now, let me tell you, I want to title this message today, The Power of Faith, High Expectations, and Momentum. Now, shortly, I'm going to bring it home and tell you exactly how it's operating in this house and how it can operate in every last one of our lives if only we would not allow the devil to take away our faith, our high expectations, and our momentum. Because let me tell you something. Lose your faith, lose your expectations, but most importantly, if you lose your forward momentum, you have lost everything. Let's talk about this. Look at this thing here. Now here's Barnabas. He's sitting on the sideline day after day, week after week, month after month, to the point where he probably became a part of the scenery. Have you ever been in a homeless area and you see that same guy standing on that same road with that same sign? Come on now, somebody help me out. Asking for the same things. Waiting for someone to give him something. See, Brian Bartimaeus was blind, but he wasn't hopeless. But he rendered himself hopeless. Why? Because he made every excuse because of the ailment that he had. Are you with me? So he became part of the scenery. But, on this day, the word says that blind Barnabas was sitting on the roadside and he's begging alms. Now, he might have been standing, but the word said he was sitting. Now, what I want you to get to understand is that he's sitting down in the midst of a multitude of people. Now, you know when something exciting is going on, everyone is exciting and you can hardly hear. They're probably screaming, ah, yeah, yeah. Blind Bartimaeus couldn't see. Or could he? See, blind Bartimaeus was sitting there, couldn't see, but he heard some commotion of the multitude. And when he discovered that Jesus was coming, are y'all with me? All of a sudden, something began to change in blind Barnabas. His expectations and his faith went right through the roof. All of a sudden, all those years of feeling hopeless, 
of feeling blind, of always wanting his sight, he said to himself, here is my chance. After all these years of begging and waiting, here come that waymaker, the Messiah, the healer. And the thing I love about blind Bartimaeus is that blind Bartimaeus said, I'm not letting you or you or you or you stop me from receiving what I need. Now, the word says, <laughs> when he heard Jesus coming, whoo, something inside of him said, man, here's your chance. I know you can't see, and I know they're talking over you. But when he heard Jesus getting close, he said, Son of David, have mercy on me. Woo! Now all the naysayers and all those people who probably said, now why didn't we get him out of here? You knew Jesus was coming this way. You know, uh, uh, Brother Green and I will tell you that when they're having a Super Bowl or something big thing downtown, they remove all of the homeless people because they don't want them to be begging and being ashamed. So somebody probably said of the multitude, why didn't you move him? Shh, hey man, shut up, be quiet. But blind Bartimaeus said, no way, uh-uh. Not today. You're not going to shut me up. You're not going to put me in the back closet. And he said that he cried out all the more, Jesus, have mercy on me. Now watch this. Oftentimes we think Jesus come by way of our circumstances. I beg to differ with you, because here's why. Jesus, he's walking through the multitude of people and he hears a desperate cry. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus paused for a second. He continued to walk. Jesus, have mercy on me. Boom. Jesus stopped right in his tracks. Why? Because he heard faith. He heard someone that had high expectations of his healing ability, his power. And he heard somebody that needed him in the worst way. And what he heard most of all is that no matter what, that man was not going to take no for an answer. So I'm telling you something. Stopping right in the thing, Jesus looked around, trying to figure out where did that voice come from? 
call him to me. And then all of a sudden, all of the naysayers that were trying to shut him up said, hey, hey, what, brother, rise up. He's calling you. Are y'all with me? All of a sudden, those naysayers, the ones that was trying to shut him up, he immediately, Jesus looked, bring him to me. Well, watch this. My son, it said he, he had a garment on. Now, you know, sometimes we attach ourselves to garments because they make us feel good. My son had what we call a night-night. No. He had this thing called a night-night, a little dirty little blanket that when we tried to wash it, he, ah! He had this little blanket that he covered up in when he was sad, when he was mad, when he didn't want to do what you wanted him to do. But when he went to bed at night, that was his comfort, that little night night. Now watch this. He didn't realize that the night night did nothing for him. Mom and dad did for him. <laughs> but his own little mind, he said, this is my comfort. And as long as I got this, I'm okay. Now watch this. Blind Barnabas sat on the roadside in his night-night, so to speak, but in his garment. Now watch this. Never been motivated for nothing but begging. But the moment Jesus called him to him. Something changed. Bam! And what happened was, it was that moment that he realized that everything I ever needed, which was his healing, was about to take place. And when Jesus called him, it didn't say he took off the garment. I can see it like this. He got that garment. Jesus said, bring it to me. Bring him to me. He took that thing that he thought was his comfort, and he slung that thing off of him. And what he was saying is that, I no longer need to beg anymore. I don't need a blanket to make me feel comfortable. Because I now have the way maker the Messiah, the healer, calling me to my place. And when Jesus called him, he walked up to him, threw that thing off, knowing that, God, my faith, my expectations, and my momentum, see, long sat blind Bartimaeus. No motivation. No momentum. Are y'all with me? Follow this. This is very important. For as long as Brian Bartimaeus 
kept doing the same thing the same way he was going to get the same results. See, God says, I'll do for you what you want me to, but here's where we fail. We make every excuse to not do what we know he can do. Watch on now. If you're sick, God said, take the first step and do what you need to do. Now, I'm going to talk to me about this one. I've been battling some stuff. Until lately, I've been starting to realize that I'm my own worst enemy. Because nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. And let me tell you something. So I'm asking God to heal me, to make me feel better. And every time I just began to get that forward momentum of feeling good, of doing what's right by my own health, then I turn around and I gobble down something that I know good well I shouldn't eat. Now I'm hobbling through the church, falling down the stairs, sister so-and-so is saying, uh, brother, you all right? No, I'm not all right because I'm not doing what's right. <laughs> Come on now. Don't leave me out here by myself. There's many in this room right now. Some have already left the room. Need to hear this word. Sitting there begging and asking people for something, but you don't want to work. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm sorry, but I got to speak the truth. Hurting. Got this, got that. But you eat the wrong things. Struggling with something, but you don't want to show up for people who want to help you. Want everything the church has to offer, but don't want to give nothing. Blind Bartimaeus said, I'm going to speak on this today. And I'm going to start with you, Mr. You. Yes, you. Hurting everywhere, but eating the wrong things. God looked at him and he simply said, what do you want me to do for you? Wow. I'm going to walk around a little bit on this one. If God came to you right now, you don't have to answer me. But if Jesus walked up to you and said, I see everything you're going through. Here's your opportunity. What do you want me to do for you? If God came up to you right now, in all that you're going through, I don't need to know, I don't want to know, he already knows, and he asks you. Maybe you're crying out to him for something. But if he's looked you right in the eyes and he said, what do you want me to do for you? What will it be? Think about it. Sister, if he came to you right now, knowing all that you're going through, whatever it might be, I don't need to know, I don't want to know. 
He knows it all. And he asks you, what do you want me to do for you? What will it be? Oh, come on, I'm cooking now. My sister, I love you dearly. But if Jesus walked up to you right now, just as he is right now, and he said to you, I hear your cries. I've heard you cry in the midnight hour. And he stopped right in the middle of his tracks. And he came up to you and he said, Daughter, what do you want me to do for you? Come on, I'm cooking, man. Oh, don't be hiding over there. Jesus knows everything about you. Everything you've done before you even got here. There ain't nothing you can do to outslick him. You can't change nothing. You can't rearrange anything. He's only going to put those in your life that wants to help you. Now, let me ask you this. All that God knows, Jesus knows about you right now. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. He knows it all. If he walked up to you and he asked you simply, what can I do for you? What will it be? You don't have to answer me. Young man, God knows everything about you. If he walked up to you today and he asked you, I heard your cries. I know what you need. But he looked you dead in the eye. And he said, what do you want me to do for you? What will it be? Oh, I'm coming at you, boy. You knew I was coming. We had some conversations. You just texted me something the other day. I ain't going to get into it. But God heard your cries. He hears your cries. He knows everything about you, even before I knew you. He knows everything that you're going through. If he walks up to you, looks you dead in the eye, after hearing all your cries at the midnight hour, and he asks you, what can I do for you? What's it going to be? Sister, he's heard many of your cries. In fact, he heard so many of your cries that you're sitting here right now. And he's answered to many of them. But he knows there's much, much more to be done. He knows there's something special about you. He knows. He hears your cries. So if he came to you right now, you got to get prepared because he's going to ask. What do you want him to do for you? If he said, what do you want, daughter, for me to do for you? Better be ready, because it's coming. Just like Brian Byron Mays. Faith, high expectations, and keep your momentum. Don't let nothing take your momentum from moving forward. <laughs> Brother, I'm coming at you. He knows where you've been. He knows what you've been through. He's heard your cries of everything from here from Saginaw to Mount Pleasant and beyond. Pat, he knows y'all been laborers for a long time. 
But he knows and he hears your cries for your children, for your grandchildren. He hears your cries. He's not worried about the circumstance. It's the cry that he hears and stops him, according to mine, Bartimaeus. If he walked up to you guys right now and said, what do you want me to do? What would it be? You better get ready because it's coming. When you ask, he's going to deliver. Sister, if he came to you right now, just like blind Bartimaeus, knowing all that he knows, and he asks you, what do you want me to do for you? What will it be? Sister, brothers, and then probably went all off the camera. If he came to you right now, heard your midnight cries, and there's been many, and me and you know that. I've been through them, and you've been through them. Come on, give me some of that. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. He's done a great work, a great work. But he knows there's some needs in your life. If he came to you right now, in the midst of all that you're going through, don't need to know, don't want to know, he knows it all. And he asks you, son, I've brought you a long way. But still, to this day, what can I do for you? Get ready to answer that because it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Listen, I did all that. Blind Bartimaeus, when Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? that I may have and receive my sight. The Bible says it wasn't a month. It wasn't two weeks. It wasn't a year. Blind Barnabas immediately, immediately received his sight. So what is this word telling us individually, for our families, and for our church. Let me put it to you like this. Can you play something softly for me, please? Number